BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Interesting development from yesterday in the Deshaun Watson civil cases. A judge in Texas ruled as part of the pretrial discovery efforts, and that's when you have different devices available to find out information. There was a a set of what they call requests for admission that were submitted to Deshaun Watson. It's written questions. It basically says, not even questions. It says, admit this, admit that, admit this, admit that, and you have to respond. You either admit it or deny it, and if you deny it, you have to explain why you deny it. And apparently there were some, some... Admissions requested from Deshaun Watson regarding whether and to what extent he had consensual sexual encounters with any of the 18 massage therapists who came forward last year to support him. Remember that weird back and forth? There's 22 massage therapists saying he crossed the line. And then all of a sudden they issued on one day this long list of 18 people. And they each had a paragraph or so that said, God never did anything wrong. For me, he was perfect gentleman, whatever the specific words were. The idea was to counter this narrative that there's 22 who are saying he crossed the line. Here's 18 who said he never did anything wrong. Now, now, remember how it kind of blew up in their faces because the big takeaway was he's got 40 different people. 40 different, yes, exactly. What? That was was the unintended consequence of doing that. But here's what the judges ruled. As to those 18 individuals who came forward... Watson now must say whether or not he had consensual sex with any of them. The judge drew the line between the 18 who came forward and other massage therapists that Watson may have had consensual sex with during massage sessions who haven't come forward. Now, I don't understand that, that dividing line, but I guess the argument is if you've come forward as part of this case, Watson talking about whether he had consensual sex during a massage that you provided him is fair game. And here's why it's relevant. Here's the argument. And I buy this argument. The argument is this. The 22 individuals who say Deshaun Watson crossed the line during these massage sessions, they're basically saying he had expectations that I didn't intend to fulfill. Right. He came to massage thinking it was going to be more than that at some point or hoping at some point it would be more than that and maybe trying at some point to make it more than that. So if you can prove that he has a habit, a pattern, a practice of massage sessions that become more than that, 
that becomes relevant to his state of mind as he walks through the door. What does he really plan this to become? Yeah, yeah. Is he just there for a massage or is he there for the possibility of a massage plus? Right. And what is he going to do to make it move in that direction? Is it something the massage therapist initiates? Is it something he initiates? Does it take a few tries? And in his effort of trying, does he cross the line? So I think it's highly relevant. And frankly, I think it's fair to ask him, without the naming the names of the massage therapist, I think it's fair to ask him all the times in his life that he's gone for a massage, that it's turned into something more than a massage because it shows what he's thinking when he's interacting with the 22 people who claim he crossed the line. Now, from Watson's perspective, yeah. go ahead and ask the question because there's more to this story. I know. Go ahead, I, well, I, I guess the first thing I just want to ask, you know, as a, like a, a, a novice here a little bit is just what – so what I was confused about is like, you know, the grand jury didn't indict him, right? I thought he was kind of like off the hook in this department here. That's where I guess – I so so the judge can re, – basically will he – Fair go, question. Yeah. Right, okay. Different so explain cases. that. Yeah. Okay. Different cases. It is two worlds. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Okay. Good. And that's good that you asked that question. All right. Because there, I'm sure there are people out there who think it's over. It's done. Two different grand juries declined to issue any criminal right. charges against Deshaun Watson. It's over. No, it's not. There's 22 civil cases where individuals have exercised their right to go to the civil justice system and say that Deshaun Watson engaged in behavior right. directed to me that I disagree with, that violates my rights and requires him to compensate me in some way for the harm that he has done to me. No different than the wrongful death lawsuits that were filed against O.J. Simpson and that were pursued at a trial that he lost after he was acquitted. Acquitted in criminal court and found responsible in civil court for the deaths of... Right, so this is all civil. I didn't realize it was all civil still. Okay, got you. you. The criminal stuff's over, although in theory he... There could be a presentation of charges again in either of the two counties in Texas, or the feds could be cooking up something regarding bringing people across state lines for illicit sexual purposes that we don't know about. They're not going to tell us about until it's time to drop the indictment. So it's not entirely done, guaranteed 100 percent over, but people are assuming the criminal side is over until further notice that we don't really expect, but we don't know for sure it's over. Civil side, it's on full boil. That's the the testimony that we saw from him, the snippet a week or two ago when, you know, he was given that that, that yeah. kind of awkward answer right. about, well, did you find her attractive? Well, I have a girlfriend. You know, remember that? We talked yes. about that one yes, day. I course, think you yeah. were on that I day. I was there. I, you know, no, I remember. We don't yeah. work right. all five days. I can't remember which days we <laughs> talked about it and we didn't. But from Watson's perspective, and I, I – the phone call I got last night on this, the, the person never invoked going off the record, but I'll go ahead and respect that. I got a phone call from someone connected to the case last night who was not happy with how I characterized this. And the argument is, how is this? How is allowing discovery of Deshaun Watson's potential consensual sexual encounters with other massage therapists any different than asking a woman who claims she was the victim of sexual assault about her sex life beyond that incident? How is it any different? And it was a very aggressive and angry call. Ultimately, I think we agreed to disagree at the end of the day. I didn't engage. I look, I don't know. I know people have a job to do and they're trying to represent the guy. They're trying to advocate for his interests. I get it. But here's how it's different. If anyone out there is wondering, hey, I thought that these things were off limits. That you can't get into people's other sexual relationships and encounters when you're talking about specific other ones that are material to the case. 
here's how it would be different. If Deshaun Watson were claiming that he had 22 different massages and during those massages, 22 different massage therapists crossed the line with him over his objection and against his wishes, and he were the alleged victim in these 22 cases, it would not be appropriate for the 22 massage therapists accused of wrongdoing to say, well, Deshaun Watson had consensual sexual encounters with other massage therapists, so he can't complain here. That's when it would be off limits in my view. Gotcha, yeah. It's not off limits to say and to try to prove that this guy has a habit of hiring massage therapists and having it take a sexual turn. That shows what he's thinking as he shows up, disrobes, and does whatever it is he's accused of doing from the moment the massage begins to the moment it ends with the massage therapist saying, sorry, that's not what you're paying for here. I'm not going to do that. So I think it's fair game for discovery. Whether or not it all comes into evidence at trial is a different issue. But I think it's very fair game to have this information developed because it does show what he's thinking. If every other massage he ever got, other than the 22 that he's being sued for, resulted in a consensual sexual encounter, that shows this guy thinks that that's just how it goes. That's how it goes. Right. It's part of what I. It's part of why I'm doing it. Yeah. It's part of why I'm finding right. sexual or not sexual. It's why I'm finding massage therapists on Instagram because I think slash hope slash believe it's going to take a turn. Right. At some point. So I think it's fair game. And I'm sorry. I would I'm sorry to the, so. to the people who strongly disagree with me and are willing to call me up at 10 o'clock at night and chew on me for 20 minutes. I'm sorry that we disagree, but we do. And this isn't anti-Deshaun. This is, again, this is pro-truth. I think it's fair to know what he's thinking when he goes into those 22 massage therapy sessions. And there's ways to protect these other individuals. Protective order. Or Jane Doe number one, Jane Doe number two. We don't need to know their names. We just need to know what he's thinking when he goes into these massages. Yeah, uh, agreed. I, I, I would, yeah, that sounds like fair game to me. It definitely does. In this type of case, you know, I think you laid it out perfectly. But I don't look at that and go, oh, that's unfair. Or, man, they're violating Deshaun Watson's rights there. You know, I think you, you said it right. Even the first example you gave, if it was the other way around or vice versa there. Yeah, okay, then that would be a different story for Deshaun Watson. But, man... I mean, it, this is, I guess, a pretty big, this is a big thing. I mean, it definitely is. And the fact that the, 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 the judge ruled this way, I mean, uh, just I have a hard time believing that, again, this would be, this is going to go under the deposition thing, right? Just a little bit like what, what we saw a clip from. Will it be the same type of thing, Mike, where it'll be? He'll be questioned about, he'll be, at some point, he's going to be questioned about all of the other people that he got massages oh, from man. where it became a consensual sexual encounter, at least as to the 18 yeah. who came forward. That's what I, I just don't I don't understand it. The, the test shouldn't be he's allowed to be asked about the 18 who came forward to support him. It should be any time he's ever had a massage turned into something more than that because that shows his state of mind. And again, you can protect the individuals because that's how it was presented to me. Why do these people now have to be dragged through this? Why do they have to be flagged in these depositions as someone who participated in these consensual sexual encounters? That's not fair to them. I think there's ways to protect them if you want to protect them. That that can be done. But uh, that's where it stands. And, and so deposition going to be on video. Busby's going to yes. release some of the answers. You're going to hear that. The Browns and Jimmy Haslam, they're going to have to hear it. It's Kevin Stefanski. I mean, oh, my gosh. 
Uh, it's a it's a big blow to the the PR machine that the Cleveland Browns are trying to spin right now to make this thing look better. Uh, and they're, they're nowhere near out of the woods in this one yet. And here's the big takeaway. And this is fairly obvious, but we need to say it so people understand. He fought and objected to and went to court over whether or not he'd have to answer these questions. If the answer to the questions is, no, it didn't happen with these other 18 people, he wouldn't have fought. He just would answer and said, no, it didn't happen. So it doesn't take a genius, which qualifies me to say this. The answer is going to be as to one or more of these 18 people. Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did become a consensual sexual encounter. And we've already had his lawyer, Rusty Harden, admit a year ago that some of these massage yeah, therapy right. sessions became consensual sexual encounters. So that they're, they're kind of in a box on this. And maybe that's why they lashed out a little bit last night. You know, they say if the facts are on your side, pound on the facts. If the law is on your side, pound on the law. If nothing's on your side, pound on the table. I was the table that got pounded on for about 20 minutes last night because of what I had to say about it. But do you really do, look, if I you like this guy, whoever now, he is. I like him. I don't know much about him, but I like him. Now, if he pounds on you. I like it. Do you do you really think that getting mad at me is going to cause me to say less about something or is it going to cause me to say more about something of the two i mean ultimately it's got no effect ultimately you gotta know you yeah right ultimately it's got no effect and i'm not gonna go overboard to retaliate i won't do that either but it's definitely not gonna cause me to shut up about it that's for damn sure and if you don't know that about me by now you haven't been paying attention let's take a break speaking of shutting up we're gonna take a break and rob gronkowski is shutting up about whether or not he's ready to play football in 2022. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Gronk Beach is back. The chain smokers. You know, I grew up in the 70s where chain smokers was actually a thing. I think kids today don't know what a chain smoker was. Hey, kids, chain smoker means they smoke one cigarette and they light the next one with the last one. <laughs> and that's how many cigarettes they are smoking all day long. And I know that because my father was one and he somehow made it to 76 despite being in a bar all day long, smoking in the secondhand fumes from everyone else and lighting his next one with the last one. My dad, one of the original chain smokers. He definitely won't be at Gronk Beach for a variety of reasons, not the least of which he died in 1998. I digress. Um, the uh, 97, 97, 98. Um, so anyway, Gronk Beach is back. Through all that, it took a very dark turn. Gronk Beach is back. Is Gronk back? He has recently said two things. One, if he comes back, he's playing for the Bucks. But two, he's not ready to commit to coming back. And that's fine. That's fine. Why do it now? Why put yourself through the offseason program, especially if Tom Brady's going to encourage guys not to show up for the offseason program like he did last year? Gronk will come back when Gronk comes back. They'll welcome him back. 
He adds to the team. He doesn't have to be there for the offseason program. He doesn't have to put himself through that. He'll be ready to go when the time comes. And for him, the time comes at the postseason. That's when he's making his bones at this point. Who cares about the regular season? Have him ready to go when it's time to get to the single elimination round and get back to a Super Bowl and try to win another one. Definitely. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're right. Offseason, who really gives a crap, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. For a guy like Gronk, you know, you've played that many plays, that many years, that high of a level. You, know, you, you it's like riding a bike for for a guy like this. He doesn't need the off season, you know, OTA, whoa, seven on seven practice to be hitting on all cylinders when training camp comes around. But I will say, nonetheless, I'm 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 int- I mean, I'm I'm a little like I guess shocked to hear him say it's fifty fifty. I am. I thought for sure when Brady was back, it would mean he was back for sure. The other thing too, Mike, is just, I mean. Holy crapola. I mean, Gronk is still awesome. I mean, he's awesome. He's still one of the best tight ends in football. Uh, he is. I mean, he's still an unbelievable mismatch in the middle of the field for anybody that covers him. You know, even last year, you look at what he did statistically. 55 receptions for 802 yards out of the tight end position. Holy cow, yards per catch. Let alone we know what a force he is in the end zone. It was only 12 games he played in. So that's where I guess I'm a little surprised. And, you know, I guess, Mike, I always have a little bit of that trepidation of, you know, when a football player has one foot out the door, it's usually not good for a football player. But Gronk's a little bit of a different animal. And, and you know, I don't know. I'm not as concerned about him maybe as I am other guys that would be saying this stuff. Here, here's how else he's different. Yeah. He's full of crap a lot of times. He is. And he says things for effect. And I'm not making a judgment right. here, but how many times have we – you know, he crosses the line from guy who's telling us what he really believes into entertainer who's kind of goofy over the top. His quote from this weekend when they wanted him to catch passes at a charity event. I know if I started catching some passes, my head would start turning like, oh, crap, I got to get back out on the field. I mean, that's part of the gamesmanship. That's part of the Gronk being Gronk. So he's got a plan deep down. He knows what he's going to do. And I don't think we're going to see him back on TV. Remember when he had the one year on TV? I think he was wearing your suit from <laughs> he, It looked like it. Right, right. He, he, he <laughs> was like he was like a little kid putting on dad's suit because he'd lost so much weight. And that was one of the big things when he came back. How long is it going to take for him to get into his, his proper playing shape? I mean, he was downright skinny in that year that he stopped playing, but he'll be ready to go. When, when Tom Brady activates the Gronk signal, he will be ready to go. <laughs> and he will, be, he will play for the Bucks. And they'll make another run at it, and they may win another Super Bowl by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, you're right. I mean, again, it's it's. I would think he's going to come back too. I mean, why not? It looks like this will be Brady's last year. At least it seems that way. Why not give it one more shot? The Bucks are so good. You're still playing at a high level. Gosh, I would think part of Brady coming back was he would have thought, you know, Gronk is going to be there too. Definitely. Uh, so it, it is like if he's not there, it makes you think a little differently of them because you go, okay, now they only got Cameron Braid. He's solid, but nothing special. We know, you know, Chris Godwin's not going to be ready to go early in the year. You know, that would be a, a blow to their football team to a degree to not have him out there and no Godwin, especially early on. The, the other side of it, too, could be money. Just because Tom Brady has a contract that pays him $10 million in change this year and there's been no – indication that they're thinking about giving him more money because they'd want more years and I don't think he wants to do more years because he wants to go wherever he wants to go next year um I think maybe maybe Gronk is thinking hey look at 
all the money that pass catchers are getting this year. Look at the tight end market. Look at, you know, look at what I can do for a team. You want to pay me, and who knows what they want to pay him, but I'm not doing any discounts. If you want me to come back and go through the grind of a football season, you got to pay me. Look at where the cap is. Look at where the money is. Look at the stadium. It's full. You want me to be part of this team, you got to take care of me financially. It's not worth it to me to do it for less than X. And maybe that's what he's, I wouldn't be what he's shocked. waiting for. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, he doesn't need the money. We've heard time and again he's never spent a penny yeah. of the money he's made as a football player. He lives off of his non-football income. Why do I need to put myself through it? The physical risk, the toll, everything that goes into it. Why do I need to do any of that for less than whatever my my hard floor is that below that I just won't play and when you're ready to pay me what I want then I'll come back that could be part of this I, I wouldn't be shocked I mean again where the market is right now and you know what, what was Gronk made what nine million last year right it was somewhere in that range if I remember correctly uh, I mean he, I would think he wants more than that especially with the way he played and then he's gonna sit there and look at it and go wait Zach Ertz is making 10.5 he's not even in the same ca- earth or planet as me Taysom Hill's making 10 million dollars as a tight end He's going to look at that. Dalton Schultz, he's going to go, not only are these guys not all-time greats, they're not even as good as me right now this second. So from that standpoint there, I could see him drawing a line in the sand about the number he has in his mind as far as what he wants or expects uh, to get from the Buccaneers. I think we've kind of tripped on to what may be going on here. Not that he's going to come out and say it, right? He's not going to come out and say they're not no. willing to pay me. That's not his way. That That's one of the benefits of being Gronk. You can – kind of chuckle your way through whatever the real issue is, but why wouldn't it be a real issue? He wants a certain amount of money, and they either won't or can't give him what he's looking for. Yeah, right. And, and that's that. So I would bet they're offering him $7, million, $8 million a year, and he's like, what? No way. I'm worth twelve. I, I, I agree with you, Mike. To me, that would be the more that he's gotten wind of what they kind of want to pay him. So now it's 50-50. You know, if he got the number he liked, it'd have been eighty twenty. Yeah, I might come back and play. But he got a number that he didn't like to hear, and he went, "Hey, I'm on the fence now." I, that would be and my it be, guess. And maybe the Buccaneers are just counting on Tommy to keep working on yeah, him, yeah, right, working on him and working right. on him to the point where he says, "Okay, fine, I'll do it. Fine, Tom. All right, let's go do it." And it may be one of those things where you just wait until we get closer to that point in time. That change in the smell of the grass in the air. It's football season. It's time for Gronk to go play football with his buddy Tom Brady. Yeah, they're not paying me as much as I want, but I still want to go do it, so I'll take your damn offer and I'll show up for training camp. That may be exactly what's going on here. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. we got more PFT Live to come right after this. Yeah, I think Drew's biggest attribute is his uh, is his arm, man. I think... He's made some insane throws, you know, the times that we've played together. Um, he has all the talent in the world. He can run with the ball. He can uh, he can do it all. It's just, you know, he, um, you know, he's been through some things with, you know, previous um, things in Denver, and he's he's been working through that. And I think he has all the, all the opportunity, all the talent in the world to get it done and be that franchise guy. Noah Fant, former and now current teammate of Drew Locke, two players who were part of the Russell Wilson trade package. And what a shock. A guy who catches passes for a living is sucking up to the guy who may throw him the passes. And we have seen 
We have seen some good things from Drew Locke in the past. We just haven't seen it often enough. That's why he's not the quarterback of the Broncos. That's why he didn't win the starting job last year over Teddy Bridgewater. Consistency has been one of the biggest challenges for Drew Locke. And now the Seahawks, for now, are hoping that Locke can unlock, no pun intended, because if I would have intended it, it would have been very lame, some new level of performance with his new team. Yeah, uh, he does have talent. We know that. You said it right. I mean, you see attributes, size, you know, athleticism, their arm, like Noah Fan was talking about, to where you go, that's that's starting quarterback caliber stuff. But, you know, as we've discussed before, it hasn't been consistent. And not only not consistent, but I think, you know, in a lot of games, there's just been it's just a little too free and relaxed to where you just go, well, like, yes, it's not consistent. And also there's – a player or two in every game where you scratch your head and go, what the heck was that? Why did he do that? So that's what it is a little scary. But by all do, or by all accounts, you know, I do think from people I hear in the NFL and connected to Seattle, like there's there's real like like or, or belief with, with Drew Locke up in Seattle that they think he can be something. But I still go back. Is that real? Is I that know. real or is that posturing? I think it's like I think it's posturing in case they get stuck with him. Right, and he has to be the, like that. They've sent out good signals and good vibes there. That, that to me would be my take. I think there's a hope. We see some potential, but I think they're probably letting out some strong comments to let it filter out that there's confidence in case they get stuck with this guy and he is the starting quarterback. But I still come back to all oh, the Seahawks and competition, and we compete every day, and we're Pete Carroll, and even the team meeting, we're going to shoot baskets to see who shoots. Like I just feel like Baker Mayfield. We'll end up there. I do. I mean, that, to me, it's it's definitely one of the spots that I look at. Also, to your spot that I'm going to, this is where you're, you're on a roll with pasta and meatballs lately, where I keep going to the Detroit Lions, too. That's another one where I just look at and go, wait, it's Jared Goff, and Baker Mayfield's better than him. I know that for sure. And you're and not Buddy going, Boy's there. Right, yeah, and Buddy Boy's there, and the attitude, and like you've talked about from the start, that makes sense, too, just as far as Dan Campbell meshing with Baker Mayfield. Um, uh, so that, that's uh, interesting with Seattle and, and the whole Baker Mayfield situation. John Dorsey currently explaining to Dan Campbell what efficacy is as we speak, (laughs) trying to make the case for Baker Mayfield. I'd take Baker Mayfield over Jared Goff in a heartbeat. I kind of got off the Lions train with Mayfield and jumped on the Steelers because that's an even better story. Yeah. But, you know, in Seattle, they got to have a plan. They got to have a plan. And um, I just can't imagine Drew Locke is the plan. And so we'll see how it all plays out. Do you think they'll just have somebody else and they'll throw it open to a competition? We're getting close to the point where we are going to start getting a feel for where the true quarterback competitions will be. Locke was in one last year in Denver, a true down-to-the-wire competition. Could that be what it is? Locke and someone else who isn't high-end, walk through the door as the starter that they get, some veteran they get, somebody they trade for, somebody who just shows up and it's Locke and that guy competing to be the starter i i don't think that's crazy i would imagine that it goes that way you know almost no matter what one it being seattle they always emphasize competition two they're not going to want to just make it look like drew Locke was handed the keys to the car or the, the, the shiny new car and go wait wait the guy didn't even he hasn't driven a car yet 
So they're going to want to make it look like he earned it. I think even if they brought a Baker Mayfield in there, it's going to be competition, and they're going to let it go, even though they might favor a Baker Mayfield in the competition. But, yes, I expect something like that up in Seattle because, yeah, Drew Locke's not done enough to just anoint him a starting quarterback of your franchise yet. You know, at some point I think we need to go team by team. Once we have a better idea who the quarterbacks are, where the competitions are, because there are the real competitions and then the phony competitions where it's a rookie versus a veteran and we know who they want to win the competition, right? Like last year, as Pete points out, Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew in a full-blown competition down to the wire as that pro football genius Urban Meyer was trying to create a trademark for Gardner Minshew and ultimately got, would he get a sixth-round pick? I believe so. For Gardner Minshew? Right. Should have gotten a lot more than that. For Gardner Minshew. Isn't, that, isn't it funny we don't hear his name at all? It Couldn't he be? He played at Washington State. Shouldn't the Seahawks be trying to trade for him? It's not a bad thought. It's not. But I, I, if I'm Philadelphia, I'm not letting him go for, you know, anything cheap. He's a really valuable backup. And a guy that's shown, like, he's not doesn't need reps. He's, he's crazy enough to where he can just be like, wait, I'm holding the clipboard. What coach? I got to go in, put my helmet on. Oh, this is awesome. And make some crazy jokes and worry about his mustache. And he's not even affected by the situation. So he has real value as a backup there. That's where, and of course they have a running quarterback. So I certainly wouldn't trade him unless you really got something that you go, I can't turn that down. Well, we'll know the Eagles are ready to trade Gardner Minshew when they announce that there's a quarterback competition between Minshew and, and Jalen Hurts. That is the signal. And wouldn't it be something if the Eagles just flat out flip the guy, that they give up a six if, what, if that's what it was? I I'm can't remember. Sure it I just was. remember it being far less than it should have been, and they get more from a team like the Seattle Seahawks for Gardner Minshew. I, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm very interested in bringing Gardner Minshew home because look at it this way. What's your drawing card? Why are people showing up to watch your games this year? Russell Wilson's gone. What's the thing that gets people excited about your team? We're bringing Gardner Minshew home to Washington. I don't know where he grew up, but he played Washington State. There's value in that from the standpoint of getting people excited about your games. If I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm far more excited about Gardner Minshew than I am about Drew Locke. Yeah, I I, I hear you there. Yeah, He's a... He's, a he's from folk, Mississippi. He's a, well, he's a folk hero up there, regardless. They love him up there. That's where he became Gardner Minshew. So, yeah, even though he's from Mississippi, that doesn't matter. And to your point, Seattle, they're already, like, flirting with that a little bit because they got Jacob Eason up there who's from Washington, and it's the same type of thing. But, of course, Jacob Eason's not Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew can play ball. He can't. He's a low-level starter, awesome backup in the NFL, and I don't think your thought's crazy, Mike. I don't. I just don't think Philadelphia is going to let him go very easily. We, we need to go to break, but I, I want to point out one of the biggest laughs I got during the 2021 football season happened during PFTPM when Miles Simmons said of that video of Gardner Minshew and his dad, it was a great video. Yeah, great. After, After Minshew Jets came game. in to play and won a game, and he's right. wearing the Top Gun jacket or whatever. Miles said, and I quote, that video smells like cigarettes. <laughs> and I, I just, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I thought it was hilarious. Chain smoker, chain smoker cigarettes also to keep that one going. Let's take a break. What teams are most likely to make a trade in the upcoming draft? We'll discuss that. We'll draft that next here on PFT Live. Simsism. 
jumping over hoops. It's great the process in which these teams and we all go through to kind of evaluate the players. Of course, the teams themselves go through, you know, jumping over hoops and looking under rocks and doing everything that way. Simsisms. I missed that one. I usually will at least give some sort of a facial reaction right. when I hear something like that. I think I was still trying to figure out what efficacy means. By the way, efficacy is the ability to perform a task to a satisfactory or expected degree. I don't think that was the meaning that they were trying to convey no. by saying that Baker Mayfield has efficacy to the extent that it affects others. That's 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 yeah, not. I, it was not proper. Neither was right. you know jumping over the hoop. But I mean, you know. You can jump through the hoop or you can do extra hard diligence and jump over it. So that's what I was trying to portray. I don't think you get teams. credit for <laughs> jumping over the hoops. I'm thinking of the dog competitions where they do the little obstacle course right. and they jump through the yeah. if the, It's impressive if the dog can actually jump over the hoop, but I only think you get the points if you go through the hoop. All right, we're going to go through the hoops of three rounds of a draft. Teams most likely to make a draft trade. Chris, you're up. I I, I mean, is this going to be – I don't know why. I mean, we got this rundown last night, and, you know, you, I don't really ever think of the draft a whole lot before the show, but kind of just, you know, gave it a quick thought and went, oh, my gosh, I, I, I don't know. I have a feeling that we're going to see more action in this draft than we've ever seen before ever. I, I really feel like it's got a chance for that because of all the teams that got two picks, all the teams that don't have any picks, all the teams that have – you know, multiple picks in the first round and then picks that are high up in the second round to like jump back in the first round or do that. Yeah, it's, I mean, so I'll lead off the bat uh, with the Lions. The Lions, yeah. I think the Lions are a team that's going to definitely, you know, have some trades involved in their draft process here. Whether it's trading down out of pick number two or trading up from what was it? Pick 32 and 34. I think it's 32 and 34. Yes, I am correct to get back into the first round or nonetheless, maybe trade one of those top of the second round picks and go down to the second round. I don't know, but I would think there, there's some movement there from the lions. So you see the potential for action both ways. I do. Definitely. I can see swinging back in. Yeah. Right. They've got the last pick in the round by virtue of the Matthew Stafford trade because the Rams won the Super Bowl and they earned the second overall pick in the draft. It'll be interesting to see what they do. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they think about a quarterback at some point. Maybe one of the ones that slips through the top 10 is lingering through the teens and maybe there's something they like about a guy that isn't one of the ones, obviously, who's gone. And yeah. they could. I could see that. I'm going to go with the Giants first just because – I believe that Joe Shane is going to see the value in stockpiling picks and trying to trade down. And to the extent that the Saints are thinking about swooping in front of the Panthers or anyone. I mean, the Giants are the big winners from this presumption that the Panthers are going quarterback at number six. Because if you want to beat the Panthers to the punch, you got to come to number five. Unless you go higher, obviously. But they are the last team before the Panthers. They may be able to get themselves a nice little haul to move out of the fifth overall spot to someone who wants to take away the Panthers. And you got to watch the Falcons at eight. It's as simple as that. What if the Falcons and the Panthers, or what What if the Falcons like the guy that they think the Panthers want? What if it's a Kenny Pickett thing? Hey, we think they're taking Pickett. We better get him first. We're going to jump up from eight to number five with the Giants. So the Giants are going to be in a good spot to move down and get more lottery tickets they can scratch off and turn them into great players. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a real thing. I can certainly – I would expect that, really, uh, in a lot of ways. If a team is looking for the quarterback, as far as the Giants being the team, yeah, you're going to call first. And, um, again, I don't have a, a great feel in totality for the draft yet, but the Giants with pass rusher 
and tackle. You know, it seems like there's a lot of good ones to where, yeah, there might be one there you go, oh, man, we got to have him. But to your point, there might also be one where we go, ooh, we have this guy here and he's really good, but we're getting a trade offer. And the guy that we have below him is just a smidgen below him in our grading system. Okay, let's trade back four spots and we'll get the other guy, but we'll also collect another first round pick along the way or whatever. I, I could see that all the way, Mike, no doubt about it. I'm going to throw the Chiefs in here for fun. I mean, I, they're on my radar for, my, for a trade. Uh, I mean, sitting there, pick 29, 30. You know, obviously a need. You know, I, I mean, man, I don't know. There's a part of me that sits there and goes, oh, if Jamison Williams from, from Alabama, the guy that is, you know, the speed, oh, my gosh, freak player of the draft, hands down. It's not even arguable. He is the best receiver from that department to be fly down the field on a slant or a go route. Uh, and I, I could see them trading up a little bit, maybe to get a receiver they like or somebody to round out the team that way. Maybe another position, too. I wouldn't be shocked. You get your Tyreek Hill replacement. Exactly. You pay him a hell of a lot less money yeah. over the course of the next five right. years than what Hill is going to make. I'm going to go with the Seahawks at number nine. Yeah. I, I, when you consider where they are right now and their history of trading down, this is a great spot for them, especially if there's a run on quarterbacks in the first eight, because that's going to push better players down. And if there's a guy that some other team is in love with, and I think of Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah. You know, kind of a, who really knows what he's going to be. If he slips through the first eight, maybe he won't. He thinks he should be the first player taken, and I, I, I credit anyone who has that kind of confidence. But if for some reason he slips through the first eight, I could see the Seahawks waiting for that team that has to have Thibodeau, that sees all the good, all the positive, isn't troubled by any of the negative, and they jump up the nine, and the Seahawks get more opportunities to try to turn this team around, to try to build it back to what it used to be. Yeah, I, I could see that too. You know, and they could be sitting pretty for the quarterback conversation as well. Uh, they, they could be. It could be the point where, you know, we get down to pick number nine. None of the quarterbacks are off the off the you know market yet as far as being picked. And now another team kind of jumps up and jumps in there to go okay, or maybe a team reads the board right and trades down. You know, with the Seahawks, I I, I could certainly see action to your point. I definitely Let's could. Let's take a break. Okay. Before you do your third pick, yeah. Pete says we're going to finish break. in the next segment. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up the show right after this. Teams most likely to make a draft trade, and I agree with Chris. There could be plenty of action when round one rolls around. We've got one round left in our draft. Chris, who do you got? I'm going to go with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yes, sir. I, I, first off, the Jets, I think it's another really good offseason for them so far. Free agency. I've liked the things they've done. Uh, people got to remember with the Jets, a lot of injuries last year on that football team. That hurt them. But the Jets, Mike, they got four picks in the top 38. So it's hard for me not to think that somewhere there's not action, whether it's a trade down, a trade up, whatever. Uh, but you know, I, I do. I think, you know, again, with like to piggyback again with all these teams that got double picks, the teams that are left out of the first round, I think there's going to be, you know, a beauty in the eye of the beholder with some of the pass rushers, the wide receivers, and the offensive tackles to where it's going to make some go, well, they're all the same, or, oh, we think one's significantly better. Uh, I could see the Jets certainly making some trades. I'm torn on my last one, and maybe they both will make trades. I'm looking at the Ravens at 14 because – 
Eric DaCosta, the GM of the team, just said yesterday how important the draft picks are. That's an opportunity to trade down and get more. But I'm going to say the Packers for my official yeah. answer here because they need a receiver. Right. And we saw them trade up to get the guy they wanted in Jordan Love a couple of years ago, even though he was a quarterback and still is. But they had two of the receivers they really wanted disappear. I think they learned a lesson from that. If there's a receiver they really want and they need one, whoever that guy is, I think they're going to do what they have to do to go get him. They've got the 22nd and 28th pick. They have a huge urgency to get a number one receiver now that Devontae Adams is gone. And I could see the Packers doing what they have to do, Chris, to, to make a move up, to make sure they get the guy they want. I, I would agree with that. Uh, there, there's, there's some desperation there, like we've talked about earlier this week, as far as they got to find a guy and a guy that they know can help out this year. And if they got to trade, do it. All right, that's it. We are done. Great show, Chris. We'll see you at 5 o'clock Eastern for PFTPM. Have a great Wednesday. See ya. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.